This call is being recorded. Good morning, good morning. Happy Monday. I'm Patricia from Arizona. I'm your group. Good morning. Good morning, Keisha. Deborah Evans. Happy good Monday morning. to you. Good morning, Deborah Evans. Happy Monday good to you. Good morning, it's Susie. Good morning, Sister Susie. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Monday. It's Leticia from Arizona. I'm your greeter this morning. Anybody else join the line? I'd like to say good morning. Hey, good morning. This is Kedra. Good morning, Sister Kedra. Happy Monday. Good morning. Happy Monday.
morning. Good morning. Happy Monday. It's Leticia from Arizona. I'm your greeter this morning. Anybody else join the line? I'd like to say good morning. Good morning, Leticia. This is Pamela Baldwin. Good morning, Victory family. I love y'all. Can you say a prayer for my for our family? I lost my cousin Linda Russian yesterday. Did you hear me, Leticia? Is it? That was Sister Pamela? Yes. Good yes. morning. Good morning, Sister Yvonne. She is like God. I my day. Happy Monday to you. Hello, hi, this is Mona, right behind Yvonne. How you guys? Happy Monday. Love Happy you, Victor Good morning, Miss Diane. Good morning, Sister Diane. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Good morning, good morning. Happy Monday. It's Leticia from Arizona. I'm your greeter this morning. Anybody else from join the line and like to say good morning? Good morning, it's Sister Tracy. Happy Monday. Good morning, Sister Tracy. Happy Monday to you, too. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Happy Monday. It's Leticia from Arizona. I'm your greeter this morning. Anybody else join the line? I'd like to say good morning before I get started. Good morning, Sister Nikisha. Good morning, Sister Nikisha. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Good morning, Sister Dee. I just want to say it like that. Good morning. Happy Monday. Happy Monday, Sister Dee. Thanks for joining us. Go ahead and get started with the business at hand. Good morning, good morning, happy Monday. It's Leticia from Arizona, and I'm your hostess this morning. Thank you all for joining us here on Declare Victory. We're a prayer call that meets Monday through Saturday, starting at 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, and we are here to edify, empower, encourage, 
and equip you in your walk with Christ. Please feel free to invite a friend so they can be blessed too. Be sure to continue joining us in August as the new theme is The Cold. You don't want to miss the message, lessons, and heart shares that will be brought to you from our wonderful and gifted declares. There's one announcement today. If you've been blessed by the call and you would like to sow into it, please visit www.declarevictory.org or www.paypal.me forward slash declarevictory. We pray many blessings by our Heavenly Father be returned to you for your giving and trusting in Him. There are no prayer requests submitted on the app. However, there was one spoken one. It's from our sister Pamela. Please pray for her family. They did lose their cousin yesterday, and her name is Linda Russell. The order of the call today, the declaration will be done by Sister Pamela. Praying and leading us in corporate praise will be brought by Sister Yolandra. Then we'll go right into closing comments hosted by the declarer, Sister Pamela. Again, the order of the call today is the declaration will be done by Sister Pamela. Praying and leading us in corporate praise will be brought by Sister Yolandra. Then we'll go right into closing comments hosted by the declarer, Sister Pamela. The scripture reading for today is Luke 4.18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his holy word. At this time, I ask that you take a look at your phones to make sure your standard mute button is pressed as the call is being recorded and we would like to preserve the integrity of it. Again, thank you for joining us at Declare Victory, and I now pass the call to Sister Pamela. Have a blessed day, all. Thank you, Sister Leticia from Arizona. Um, it's certainly a blessing uh, to be on the call this morning. I want to apologize for um, the last time I think I was supposed to uh, do the declaration. Uh, declaration, I um, missed the call entirely, and so please forgive me for that um, oversight. Um, this morning, um, I, it's interesting that um, Leticia read uh, from Luke 4, because I initially was going to come from that, and uh, the Lord just kind of led me in an entirely different direction um, early this morning. Um, so uh, I want, I know the topic is on the called, uh, but I'd like to change it just a little bit and um, entitle this declaration, The Chosen. Uh, the chosen, and um, we'll be coming from Luke 14 and from Matthew uh, 22, and um, yeah, so um, let's go ahead and just kind of get into um, the declaration a little bit. I'm going to kind of give you a little bit of overview leading into the scripture. 
and um, then we'll just let the spirit lead us from there. Um, this particular text that I'm coming from, um, it's interesting because um, truth, you know, when we look at truth and the word truth, um, we see how um, people can oftentimes use deception to hide the truth. And the scripture refers to those who do not have Christ as their father is uh, those who um, uh, who are followers of the devil. And what happens when people are unable to handle the truth, they tend to deceive, they tend to lie, um, and they are deceptive towards others. And it's interesting because there's many types of lies. There's uh, kind of a bold-faced lie where um, somebody is uh, just going to look you straight in the eye and tell you something that is um, deceptive. Um, and then there's just kind of a, a lying where they um, kind of shift blame and they're not acknowledging um, their fault uh, and they're shifting the truth to try to blame someone else. And then there's this um, lie where you're not um, making excuses, um, kind of a lame excuse. You make up rationalizations on why you can't do something. Um, It's not truthful, but it's kind of a way of uh, getting ourselves out of a situation. For example, um, there's a story of these men who went to a lake on a Sunday morning and they were fishing and um, one of the men turned to the other and was kind of like, you know, right now um, all of our families and friends are at home um, getting ready for church um, to go to worship. And the other guy was like, yeah, you're right. Um, But unfortunately I can't be with them because my leg is broken. (laughs) You know, it's like you're making excuses you're fishing, um, and you can fish, but you're making an excuse because you have a broken leg, and that's why you can't go to church. And it's interesting because we're constantly rationalized and making excuses why we don't do what we do or why we refuse to do what God is calling us to do or asking us to do or requiring us to do, and we have excuses for why we um, fail to follow what Christ is um, asking us to do. Um, And that kind of leads us into the scripture and the text today, um, being in, um, like I said, the two chapters that I was coming from is uh, Matthew, the 22nd, and then Luke. Um, And in both of these particular texts, um, they bring, um, they are discussing a parable in which Jesus is um, speaking of a great banquet. <laughs> and in this great banquet, we find those who 
were invited to the banquet, and those who were invited were constantly um, making excuses. Um, they that um, the, the um, and I'll get into actually reading these particular verses, um, but. Um, these um, two parables, um, like I said, it's, it's um, about a wedding celebration or a reception. And um, this king has, um, being symbolic of our Heavenly Father who's seated on the throne, and the son who is going to be married in this particular parable is our. Uh, Lord Jesus Christ, and the bride um, and the, uh, I guess the banquet is the marriage supper and we are the bride. And it's this ultimate reunion, this ultimate marriage of which Christ and his bride, the church, are coming together. And Jesus is using this example of Christ in this way. And he's sending these messengers to offer these invitations to this wedding, this 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 reception, and those messengers are um, symbolic of the prophets and the pastors and the evangelists. And um, if you notice in this particular parable, many of you probably have read it before, and they're being invited uh, more than once. <laughs> And those who are rejected, the invitation are symbolic of the Jews. And um, then there's a later group of people who will be invited to this banquet who will accept the invitation. And that will be uh, symbolic of the outcast, um, the blind, the lame, the sick, the sinner, the prostitute, the tax collector, and the Gentile. And so that's where um, in uh, Jesus talks about it in John 10, um, where he is anticipating the day where the bride will be more than just the Jews, and it will include um, a time where the Gentiles um, will be the church as we know it. Um, so Jesus is... Um, Um, in that particular text in John, Jesus is talking about um, how he is being rejected by the church and his own receives him not. Um, and in some way, um, if you really go back and you look at each of these parables, um, it'll kind of help you to understand it. So let's look at um, these verses here um, in Luke. Hold on one second. Let me pull it up really quick. And Jesus came and spoke to them by parable and said, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who arranged the marriage for the son, and he sent out his servant and all those who were invited to the wedding, and they were not willing to come. Again, he sent out other servants and said, Tell those who are invited, See, I am preparing my dinner and my fattest camel is killed 
and all those that are ready will come to the wedding. But they made light of it and went their way, one to his own farm, another to his business, and the rest seized this servant, treated him lightfully, and killed him. And when the king heard about it, he was furious, and he sent out his army to destroy those murderers and burn up the city. Um, and so let's kind of look at that and take it apart, and let's see what Jesus is saying here. Now, who were the people who wouldn't come to the banquet um, and what was going on in their life? Um, originally, their um, willful refusal was kind of a dishonor to their master, to to the king. Um they're rejecting him um, as um, the father and the son. It was kind of this call to obedience, and they re- repeatedly refused, um, and they made these lame excuses, these these lies, <laughs> which I kind of talked about earlier. And it's interesting um, because these excuses that they came up with, uh, one guy use this excuse of his financial investment and he asked for an excuse not to come. In other words, he was basically saying, um, you know, I can't be there because I just bought a field and I must go see it. (laughs) And it's like, really? And he's saying, please excuse me. And these are just excuses that, you know, we would say, it's like I've got myself invested. I don't have time for God right now. Um, I don't have time for uh, what God is doing in my life. I'm committed to my financial goals. And I don't, you know, have time to attend a banquet. Uh, And then this other one is I just um, got an oxen and I want to try it out. And it's like, really? You can't wait till after this um, banquet? You buy five oxen, and you're saying you want to go take a look at them to see what you bought. And so you're saying, I can't come to the banquet because I you know, want to check out this merchandise that I just purchased. And it just sounds very ridiculous, these very lame excuses that people are coming up with, and they're committed to their work, or they're committed to their finances, or they're too busy, and they're failing to heed to the call. Um, And then the third one was that I just got married, so I can't come, you know, and it's kind of interesting. you know, in the Old Testament, um, they talked about this um, leave that they were given. Uh, but this is not that they were going to war. It's just that he refusing to come to a wedding because now he's married. And there's no reason why he can't come bring his wife. Um, but yet, this once again is another excuse. And... It's sad because it kind of reveals what's on people's hearts, uh, what they desire. Um, What they desire is to be busy. What they desire is to be about their family or their money. Um, 
can I remind uh, everyone to please mute their call? Uh, just take a little time and make sure that your phone's on mute. Thank you. But it's um, interesting because Jesus says, um, if a man doesn't hate his father and his mother, you know, it's, it's like this matter of this uh, contract. If you're not willing to satisfy your family, then you're not worthy to really, um, I, I mean, when you're using this family as as a reason for not coming before God, um, if you're using for uh, your family as a um, an excuse to not come before God. Um, can you please mute your call? Just double check really quick to make sure that your mute button is pressed. Um, and um, it's not that those who who were first invited couldn't come. It, it's that they wouldn't come. Um, and John kind of talked about that. He says men love the darkness rather than light. And Jesus also said in 540, you're not willing to come to me. And Jesus is exposing, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm inviting you, I sent prophets to you, and yet you're turning me down because of financial reasons, because you're busy, because you have other priorities, and it's not that you weren't invited or you couldn't come, but you wouldn't come, and it's kind of a condition of your will. And so here in Matthew, um, it shows that they made light of it. Um, and then um, in Matthew, we see where they mistreated the servants and began to kill them who came to deliver the news. Um, and when we look at this, we begin to look at kind of the history of of Israel and how they rebelled against God over and over again and the things that, that they did that um, where they were constantly turning their backs on God and God continually blessed them, God continually provided for them, and over and over again, time and time again, they turned their backs. Um, in Acts, they're referred to as stiff-necks who resist the Holy Spirit as their fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute and they killed those who foretold the coming of Christ of whom you now have become betrayers and murderers and it's interesting here in Acts this is the argument of Stephen of the people who murdered Christ and now they're about to kill him and he's saying God has come to you over the years with prophecy proclamations of the of the gospel and you've turned them down over and over again because you're coming up with excuses and rationalizations of why you can't. And here in Matthew it says the king became furious and he sent out um, servants to kill them and burn down their town. 
they had not only rejected the king and dishonored him, but they also tried to kill and persecute the servants that had gone out to invite them to this feast. And so the king went and destroyed their cities as a result of it. Now, historically, this um, if you look at the city of Jerusalem that was ruined after they continually persecuted the prophets of God, and they were taken into captivity, and the city was destroyed. And this was just kind of a reminder of how it happened. The dis- and it's kind of a reminder of the destruction that came upon Israel because they rejected the word of God over and over again. And it's also a warning to us today and to those who hear the gospel and they reject. It's like they're being called, but yet they're rejecting. And the Bible says the day will come where you'll be held accountable and judgment will come. And now here, um, let's get on to the rest of the parable, uh, verses 8 through 10 in Matthew. Um, Matthew, um, in that particular parable, the king puts together another invitation. And he says to the servant, those who invited were not worthy. Therefore, go into the highways, and as many as you find, invite them to the wedding. So the servants went out into the highway and gathered all who they would find, both bad and good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. Um, I want to stop there really quick and just kind of let's reflect on what Jesus is saying. He's saying, um, the Father sent many an invitation. You've turned them down. And now a day is coming where the invitation starts going to the poor, the lame, and the Gentiles because of the way that you've rejected. And they will offer an invitation to the good and the bad. (laughs) And so what you see is this day that Jesus is anticipating where he will reach out to the text and the kingdom will be offered to them and the servant's responsibility continues to be the same their responsibility is to faithfully invite those who who will come to the banquet Um, and in Luke's gospel um, the parable kind of adds to it like I said there's still room at the table and they go back again and compel them to come in. And so this invitation is that of a servant or prophet offering to people this invitation. Um, But there's, um, the king is telling them to compel them to come in by my authority. And, you know, he's, he's, Manding that they uh, bring people to this van- uh, banquet. And it says that now the banquet is full. And then um, in verse 7, it says that all that the Father has given me will come to me. And those, all who come to me, 
I will in no no means cast out, for all who will give them to me by the Father will come. And it's interesting that that he states this because we'll see later in the parable what happens in part two of this parable. Um, And it says that when the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man there who did not have a wedding garment on. And he says to him, how did you come in without a wedding garment? And the king said to the servants, bind him up hand and foot and take him away and cast him into utter darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of feet. For many are called, but few are chosen. And this is interesting. Um, because in the John passage, it says, all who are given to me will come and will not be cast out. But here's a guy who comes to the banquet, but yet he gets cast out. And it's like, how do you explain that? How did he get cast out? Well, in this particular text, it says that he did not have on a wedding garment. If you look at the book of Revelation, um, it refers to the garment of a garment of righteousness. In the book of Revelation, it refers to the garment as this white uh, garment that's made white by the blood of the Lamb. And so what we find here is this man who, in this parable, comes without righteousness. Um, he, he, he comes without the Son. He comes in his own righteousness. And if you notice, um, it says that um, he uh, was rejected. Um, and that's what Paul talks about. He says that when the law is given, the law will be shut the mouth of everyone. Um, and it talks about how there would be no one who will be safe who has not kept the law. Um So what we find here is that this banquet is full, but yet this man gets in here and he doesn't have a garment of white. And this wedding garment is this righteousness, uh, this robe of righteousness. Um, Now, in the book of Genesis, I kind of want to touch on this really, really quick. Um, In the book of uh, Genesis, and I'm going to try to tie this all together. It says that they stood in his presence and they saw each other and had no shame, even though they were naked. Um, and it wasn't that it was the physical body. It was that they didn't need a covering to be in the presence of God because they had not sinned yet. But as soon as they had committed sin, the first thing that they did was they tried to make clothing for themselves because they knew that they were naked. And what you find in Genesis is this first account of man trying to cover his sin with the work of his hands um, and living by works. Um, The first thing they thought was, let's make these fig leaves to cover. Yes, they covered their nakedness, but they did not cover their sin. Um, It was the physical, but it wasn't the spiritual that they were able to cover. So what God does is he makes clothing out of animals that were slain and he covers them and they were covered in these lamb that had been sacrificed. 
And so God covers them so that their nakedness and their sin is now covered. And so what's interesting is when you follow that story throughout the rest of the Bible, Job talks about putting on this righteousness. And it talks about our righteousness is as filthy rags. Um, And I'm not going to get into the background of that phrase, but it talks about it how it being vile. Um, but what it what it's basically saying is that your greatest work will never cover your sin. In Galatians, it talks about putting on Christ. In Romans, it talks about putting on that garment of light. You had to have a covering for your sin that could not be done with works. And God had to make provisions. That's why in the New Testament, it talks about putting on Christ, putting on that armor of Christ, that righteousness that's not your own, being clothed in humility. In Revelation, it talks about being clothed in this robe of righteousness and being reigned in the beauty and glory of Christ. And so we see at the end of this parable is that the king ordered his servant to take the man away and cast him into utter darkness because all those who are given to the son by the father will come, but all those who come will not be cast out. But if anyone thinks he can sneak in by some other mean, will be cast out. Um, And it's interesting because I want to make a really quick point here is that the history of um, their banquets was that they provided all of the clothing uh, for their guests to come in. And so many of you might be wondering, well, well, why would the king get upset with this man if he came in as he is, if he was dressed as he is? You know, church talks about coming as you are. Well, they were provided with clothing, Uh, But this particular man chose, he had a choice. He chose not to uh, dress himself in the garb of the king. He chose not to um, utilize the garment of righteousness that was provided for him. And therefore, he was cast out uh, of the banquet. Um, And this is kind of, like I said, what happened in Israel, when the prophets came over and over and over again, you see this incredible story of God's faithfulness and how he um, constantly made provision for men, for those he um, had predestined, for those he had chosen. Um, and this um, particular parable, um, like I said, when um Letitia read the first one, I really was kind of going back and forth on whether or not to come from that direction in Luke, and God led me an entirely different way, um, because he um, wanted us to see that we are his chosen generation, um, and to be his chosen generation, you must walk in that righteousness. You must uh, be clothed in his righteousness. And there's no no works that we can do to bring about our own righteousness or to bring about the grace that God has given us. 
Um, It's that unmerited gift, and he desires to use each and every one of us um, to be those servants, to go out and to draw men and compel men to come unto him. Uh, And so I just want to encourage each of us on the call this morning, uh, those who are called, those who are chosen, to uh, utilize the gifts that God has given each and every one of us to walk in that anointing, to be clothed in his righteousness, and to um, be that beacon of light to the world um, that is looking for change, um, that's looking um, for someone to be there to show them that direction in which they need to go. I mean, we're dealing with so much hatred across this country from the White House um, down, and you know, it's important that we, um, as believers, that we speak out and that we uh, be there for the lost, for um, those who are hurting, for the brokenhearted, and that we trawl them um, and bring them to the banquet so that they, too, can know who Christ is as I pass the call. Glory, 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 hallelujah, Lord God, we come to you now, right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, thanking you for yet another day, thanking you, Lord God, for the breath in our bodies, Lord God, thank you for the activities of our mind, Lord God, we just praise your name for waking us up this morning, God, we give you all the glory, Lord Jesus. We give you all the praise. Lord God, we thank you and we pray right now for uh, Linda Rushing, that her spirit and her soul rest with you, God, that you will comfort her family, Lord, while they grieve, Lord God. Lord God, I just pray that you be with them and give them everything they need in this time, Lord, of grief. Lord God, we just bless your name for life, Lord God. We bless you even for death, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that we will see you in the by and by, Lord God, that we will spend our eternity with you, Lord God, and so that everything we do on this side, Jesus, is to your glory. So, God, we thank you for the declaration given by Pamela, Lord God, the parable of the chosen, chosen God. We are grateful, Jesus, that you called us out. We are grateful that we heard and heeded to your call. We are grateful that we are willing, Jesus, to live a life worthy of your testimony. So we praise your name this morning. God, we just love you, love you, love you. Lord God, your 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 love defies logic, Lord God. We it, it defies everything, God, that we can even think of. So we are just grateful to you yet this morning. So as we take our phones off of mute and we praise you collectively and corporately, Lord, we just call your name Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We love you for all who you you are. We bless your name, God. Lord God, those of us who are weary, those of us who are Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Lord.
plead, God. We plead the blood of Jesus. We bless your name, God. Oh, God, my heart is weary this morning, God, but I will thank God, God. I will remember you in everything that I do, Lord God. I will praise you, God, even though my spirit is low, God. I will praise you, God. You are my father. You are my king. You are my savior. You are the only person, God. You are the only one who can save me, God. Oh, God, I bless your name this morning, God. I know who you are, God. I believe you, God. You don't have to keep following me, God. I will turn and hear it to your father. Jesus, remember my spirit within you, God. You are the heart. You are the Lord, God. I praise you, God. And this word is you. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah.
Good morning, Victory family. God bless you all this morning. Good morning. Good morning, Barbara Loda. God bless. Good morning. This morning, we'd like to just kind of open the line up if there's anyone who would like to share um, any comments you might have, questions you might have, uh, more clarification. Um, the call is open now for you. Um, I know of this morning when I, um, well, yesterday evening when I was kind of pre preparing for uh, this declaration, I, uh, like I said, initially was kind of led all week to go in the direction of uh, Luke where Jesus um, proclaimed what he was called to do. And then... Um, Kind of late last night, I went entirely different and decided to kind of focus more on those who are chosen and uh, being that uh, those who are, ex you know, dealing with the whole banquet and uh, what took place and transpired with the call of those who were invited to the banquet and refused to come and it just kind of reminded me, I know, you know, last year I was going through a lot with my family and my mom, and, you know, I found myself kind of like that where I was making excuses, um, you know, whether it was not to go to church or not to, you know, just really be in fellowship with other believers. And, you know, I, I found myself, you know, kind of falling down that path. and. Um, I don't know if I'm the only one who's gone through that at some time in my life or or um, if anyone else has, but um, it's so good um, to just really be in fellowship with other believers. It's a, such a blessing to be on this call um, because when, you know, you're constantly making excuses and, you know, you find yourself isolating yourself and, you know, um, not... Um, getting involved or um, doing what God has called us to do um, and not walking in our purpose, you know, it it um, can really open the door for a whole lot of other things to happen. Um, has anyone um, ever gone through that before in their life? Am I the only one on the call? <laughs> no, no we, we're here with you this morning. Um, are you the physical therapist for 7 a.m.? Well, good morning, Sister Pamela. Um, great declaration. I, um, you know, I, 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 you gave me a new perspective on the, 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 the gentleman that didn't have on the garment when he was invited into the banquet and, 
why he was cast out because he actually uh, rejected, uh, you know, the put on uh, the clothing that they had, you know, um, like, I didn't know that. I mean, you gave me, uh, uh, you just broadened my understanding. So I, I got a lot out of your declaration this morning. Thank you. Amen. Praise God. Um, yeah, when I really started kind of going through the um, research on that, you know, I was really surprised that that was just their tradition, you know, because I always had, you know, questioned that parable, like, why would he be cast out? Why would he, you know, uh, you know, you often hear, come as you are, and you know, all of that, and yet he was cast out. And, you know, when I realized that, you know, they were provided with their uh, their garment that they were to wear, and, you know, clearly this gentleman refused to do that. And it kind of goes back to the fact that, you know, we have choice. We have a choice to to walk in the Lord or to refuse Christ. And um, it, it uh, you know, shows us that, you know, that choice is still available to each and every one of us um, to accept the, the call that God has for each of us to accept the invitation. Good morning, this is Pretty Patrice. I just want to thank you for your declaration on this morning. I got a lot out of it. And I do, uh, I've also see it in another, in another light now that I've listened to you explain it. And I'm going to go back and read it for myself. So thank you. Amen. Amen. Yeah, when I went back and, you know, really looked at, you know, the garment in Revelation and that um, garment of righteousness and um, the the garment that will be given when we uh, ultimately, you know, go to heaven and, you know, we're clothed in our, in, in our glory, glorious bodies. And, you know, it was just... Uh, such a blessing to just kind of go through and read that and, you know, look at the way, um, you know, Adam and Eve, you know, were trying to, you know, create their own garment by their, with using, utilizing their own hand and, you know, yet it didn't cover the sin, it just covered the body, um, their nakedness. And so, um, and then that's a whole nother thing when you look up nakedness and what that is symbolic for and what that represents. And so it was like I found myself kind of getting into <laughs> different areas that I was trying to pull back and not overload you guys too much. Right. That's what I thought about when you were talking about the covering and the garment. I was thinking about how we um, try to hide ourselves when we are in sin and how um, Adam and Eve hid and, you know, covered themselves with fig leaves 
And so, you know, my mind went there too, but I was trying to stay focused on what you were actually, you know, what you were speaking about. But I could see how in your research, how, you know, that would come up for you as well. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Praise God. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, you know, when I when I think about this parable too, uh, in 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 the um, man who refused to wear the the, uh, the garment, I always think too about how we want to do we want to do uh religion we want to do our walk our own way you know and to me it was like the man ultimately rejected the garment that was free but there's a requirement there was a requirement in order for him to 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 attend the, the wedding he has to have that that garment on but you know i i find so uh, so many times in this what we call it the postmodern uh era of, of Christianity is that we want to do things our own way. You know, uh, I want the reward. I want to be in the wedding, but I want to come to wedding my own way. Uh, I want to, I want to serve you, God, but I'm going to serve you my way. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to come to you, God, but I'm going to come to you my way. You know what I'm saying? I want to obey you, God, but I want to obey this, but I want to obey that. And, 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 you know, I think parable just has to remind us that there is one way. The Bible says there's a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof ends in death. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's a point of obedience because obedience, uh, uh, God says, I, I, you know, I require obedience. I, I desire obedience, even rather than sacrifice. So we can do everything possible. We can do all the works that's possible if we're not obedient to God. And obedience means that I have to understand that God is my creator. It's not the other way around. You know what I'm saying? That God is sovereign. That God has done everything imaginable, including coming down and dying so that I yeah. could have, you know what I'm saying, unrestricted access to the throne of, of heaven that, so that I could have eternal life. The only thing he requires is that Take this, which I give you, and put on it, and you're so right. We, we we have the choice. But I just find today is that, you know, we have so many people that want to do things their own way, and that's selfishness, which is really the essence of, of sin. And that kind of ties in with your own sin. I can't make my own garment. You know what I'm saying? I can't make my own way. I have to surrender. I have to submit. I have to understand that God loves me, and God wants me to be there. But I have to, I have to uh, obey and 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 the requirement. I have to put it on. I can't put on my own robe. My own robe. Anything I'm wearing is going to be raggedy. It's going to be holy. It's not going to be accordance in, in accordance. When I was in when I was in the uh, uh, Air Force, you had a uniform, uniform code. You know, I couldn't come in there with no blue jeans because that wasn't part of it. You know what I'm saying? I had to wear the uniform because the uniform signified what I was a part of, who I was with, who I had volunteered to join. And I think it's the same way with this wedding garment. This wedding garment, when I choose to put it on, it signifies who I am with and who I am I'm not 
uh, 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 running the wedding, but I'm ultimately a, a, a guest and I have been invited. And this shows that I belong here. Our obedience shows that we belong with the kingdom of heaven. Our obedience and our willingness to put on the robe of righteousness indicates that I'm a child of this kingdom. So thank you um, and, and great declaration. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, and it's interesting because the garment, um, were all, like you were saying, like your uniform, they were all um, the same. They were all uniformed. They were all um, identical, like you didn't have someone standing out you know, in red or, you know, some someone standing out in, you know, some other color, you know, and that's what, you know, we're all about now in this new era is our personality and being, you know, um, trying to uh, be unique and be different and, you know, uh, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, but uh, when you're, following Christ and you are um, being obedient to what he's calling us to do, you have to subject yourself to that authority. And I think sometimes our um, people have issues with authority and people have issues um, following those those rules or those guidelines. And um, Unfortunately, you know, that that can be the very death of them because they will refuse to follow, um, make the choice to um, follow the path that that leads to righteousness. Hello? Yes. Hey, this is Mona. How are you guys? Hey, Mona. Okay, I just want to say something real quick before I have to um, do this real quick. You know what I thought about also? Um, when it comes to myself, I was thinking, you know, I always had the spirit to just, I didn't want to listen. You know, <laughs> like somebody would say, when I was a kid, you know, if you say, um, I always, it was no. You know, I always want to do the opposite, you know. And as long as I can remember, I always been like that. It was just something like I could do it. Like you say, you can't do this because it ain't going to work. Mona ain't gonna believe that. Mona was the type that I'm gonna see. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna do it my way because my way probably better than your way. And we are gonna see if it's gonna work. And I'm just so grateful for for my my newfound um, understanding of knowing that that Mona that's hands down ain't gonna work with our father. You know what I mean? Especially if you want to be um, living um, in in freedom and living in you know, um, taking all these bondage, you know, these things that was weighing me down, you know, that was me being disobedient. When I really, when all that clicked, I went, dang. You know, I remember that back. I was like, wow, then this is going to be very hard for me because that's all I know. I, you're not going to say it like that, but I knew in my mind that's what I did without even thinking, you know. Like, I was the type that would, you know, just do the opposite. I don't know why. I just was, in, in my mind, I used to be thinking like, you know, I could do it. You know, when somebody is saying something about, you know, um, why you shouldn't do it or whatever, I'm, my mind already thinking, nah, you didn't do it right, or nah, 
you know, like I'm special or something. I don't know what the heck I was thinking, but I'm just grateful for understanding that you go mind somebody, you better mind your, you better mind your father. That's the one you need to mind, you know. But yes, I, that's that's why I made thing got to stop trying to be so disobedient, Mona. It took me a long time, but you know now I see it. So I was like, no, you've been you you you're doing that on purpose right now. You've been disobedient, so I can retract and and repent and and get on track. So I'm grateful for who I have to do that now. But when I think back, it was just like so automatic for me, so automatic. I didn't have to think about it. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I know as a child I was such a tomboy and, you know, I had that rebellious spirit as well where it was like always trying to do it my way. If you told me it wasn't going to work, it was like I was going to show you it was going to (laughs) work. It was like, nah. But, you know, God God definitely um, has to, you know, put that, get that rebellion under control. so that um, we can use it for his glory now and um, not, um, you know, against, you know, like we're kicking against the brick. Is there anyone else you'd like to share? Um, we're at the top of the hour, and so I'm going to go ahead and ask for a prayer request if there's no one else who would like to share. Hi, it's Krishonda. I have a prayer request. I would like to add uh, Charles Williams Jr. um, prayer for deliverance. If there's no one else, I'm going to go ahead and just close this out in prayer. Father God, we just come to you this morning, God, just thanking you, God, for the banquet that you have prepared before us, God, the table that you said that you will set even before the presence of our enemies, God. God, I pray, Lord, that you would bless each caller that's on the phone this morning, God. Uh, You know our hearts, you know our minds, you know our desires, God. I thank you, God, for clothing us in your righteousness, God. God, for everything that we have done is like filthy rags before you, God. But because of your grace, because of your mercy, God, you now drape us in your garment of righteousness, God. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just bless each one of us, God. 
God, let us see your glory, God, this day, God. Use us this day, God, to just spread life into a world that's dying, God. Use us this day, God, to be a beacon of light, God, and hope, God, to those who are lost, God. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just uh, bless those who are in need this morning, God, such Charles William Jr., God. We're asking for deliverance right now in the name of Jesus, God. God, you know what he's going through, God. I pray, Lord, that you would touch his mind, God. Touch his body, touch his heart, God. God, put your spirit within him, God. Show him your way, God. God, I pray, Lord, that whatever he's going through, God, whatever the attacks of the enemy, God, of its spiritual warfare, God, whatever it is, God, that you would just deliver him right now in the name of Jesus, God. Set him free, God. Set him free from his own self, from his own mind, God. God, use him right now, Lord. God, to spread to the world, God, what you have done for him, God. Father, we're claiming it right now in the name of Jesus, God. We're claiming that peace, God. We're claiming that new God, that that new life, God. For you said that we'll be new creations, God. We're claiming that right now for him in the name of Jesus. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just continue to bless this call, God, and bless Dion, God. The one who has founded this this uh, this call, God, and all that we do, God. Bless her life, God. Make provisions for her right now in the name of Jesus, God. God, for we thank you. We praise you, God. We magnify you in the name of Jesus. Bless our day, God, as we go forth, God, and go to our respective jobs, God. Help us, like I said, to be just that beacon of light and that beacon of hope to those we come in touch with, God. We praise you. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Love you all to life. Have a beautiful, blessed, blessed Monday. And I believe the Marriage Matters call is this evening at 6. Amen. Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful wonderful day, everyone. Bless you guys. Love you guys. Bye-bye.
Declare victory. 
in the truth, praying for our youth, heaven bent, supporting one another, a living faith is what this life promotes, committed to press on, reaching life, forgiving one another, while staying on our knees, for it's God we aim to please, we are declared Declare. 